Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next 120 minutes here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Euler and Motes, Steelers Blitz, whatever you want to call it. We're with you here for the next two hours. Between us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and we've got an entire fan base of one sports entity mad at us on Twitter. Again, actually. You can. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. R- r- repeat offenders in the building. <laughs> my priors are working against my priors are working against me here. And uh, speaking of which, on Twitter, you know where to find us over the next two hours. You want to chime in, questions, comments, concerns, reactions. Find us on the dot com at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. What's happening, Mozi? How was the weekend? Man, it was an awesome weekend. Actually, you know me being a newly, well, not even, I don't even want to call myself a new NASCAR fan because I feel like it's two sets of new NASCAR fans. Hmm. You, have, you have me that hopped onto the NASCAR thing once the quarantine started. It was the first thing, the first sport coming back. So I hopped in then, right? So that's new. But then you got the ones that recently hopped in when the whole, you know, banning of the Confederate flag, the Bubba Wallace stuff, they they hopped on then. So I like to tell people, like, I'm new, but I'm not that new. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm an I'm a OG new fan. But my guy Kevin Harvick, man, he had an awesome weekend. It was the first time in NASCAR history where they did a back-to-back race at the same track, same weekend. And, you know, my boy just won it on Saturday and then took second place on Sunday. So, you know me, oh. man. I, I'm feeling awesome today. You were all fired up. Big win this weekend Absolutely, for my Manchester man. United Red Devils. So, it was a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Arthur Mose. How was that Premier League for them anyways? Well, it's still ongoing now, okay, you know. I'm just checking. You know, they're in the uh, semifinals of the FA Cup, though. Oh, oh I don't even know about that. No teams from uh, no teams from Liverpool in, still, that, still in said competition. Oh, I don't worry about that, man. <laughs> um, Arthur Motes, yesterday, all afternoon, I was sitting around thinking – what are we going to talk about, right? <laughs> like, that was really, it was really starting to sink in that, like, man, all right, Motes and I have gone through a lot of our gold rush of content <laughs> stuff that we created. This is starting to get to the point where, all right, come on. I mean, I was sitting there kind of jaded yesterday. Like, what are we going to talk about? And then Arthur Motes, I mean, as much as I dislike them, those New England Patriots, they saved the day. And Cam oh, man, Newton they always got something for us. With the, yeah, Always got something for us. I guess two different types of announcements in Patriot land mm-hmm. yesterday. Maybe they were waiting to announce the Cam Newton stuff when all those you saw fines how, and You saw how fast the fines Ooh. and punishment came out. You're on to something <laughs> there. You're on to something there. Let me ask you this then. What's the bigger story? Cam Newton to the Patriots or the Patriots once again find and dock draft picks for cheating? Newton to the Patriots. And they they were strategic <laughs> in how they did it. Oh, Literally, yeah. they announced the signing of Cam Newton. And within 30 minutes, <laughs> they just casually did the, the – it was the weekend dump, but we call it the Cam Newton media dump where they're like, oh, and we got fined. You know, a couple mil, this and that, <laughs> draft pick here, nothing crazy, right, guys? But Cam Newton, let, let's dominate the Cam Newton headlines. So they were very, very strategic and smart in what they did in that regard. So many questions um, that come with Cam Newton, Cam Newton to New England, right? I mean, Motsi, is he still going to be able to walk around like Jon Snow with big winter coats during the wintertime? I mean, is that going to fly with Bill Belichick? It better. You, you can't hold back my man's fashion. 
He is a fashion icon, a fashion mogul. He is ahead of the curve when it comes to dressing. And I don't want anybody holding him back. And I don't think Bill Belichick is going to put a, a a restraint on on his fashion sense <laughs> and what he's able to do from a from a stylistic standpoint. This is Cam Newton we talking about, baby. Put some respect on it. Arthur Motes, does it change in your mind? Because we've talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks. Um, you and I both thought, or maybe we still think, that the Bills are now the, the favorites in the AFC East. Have, mm-hmm. have you changed your tune on that at all with the addition of Cam Newton? Uh, I don't want to say I've changed it, but put it like this. It's a lot closer now, but it solely hinges on Cam Newton's health. Very similar to the yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. We, we talk about how, you know, the, the Steelers should be in the in the talk in terms of being one of the favorites of the AFC North um, between them and the Ravens. And then obviously talking about playoff position, it solely hinges upon Ben's health. New England's in the exact same situation. Their defense is still that same top-rated defense. They still have Bill Belichick, who is one of the greatest coaches from a scheme, knowledge of the game, situational football standpoint. And offensively, they've – I mean, in terms of athletic ability, it's an upgrade if Cam Newton is healthy. He's the oh, MVP sure. we're talking about. And on top of that, when you look at some of the things that he's been accustomed to playing under from his time in Carolina – Never did you feel like they had the best coaching staff down there. I mean, Ron Rivera is a really good coach, but he's no Bill Belichick. And let's be real, from an offensive coordinator standpoint, you already know what McDaniels is. You you know the type of success he's had. He's had numerous opportunities to be a head coach. So from a coaching standpoint, this is probably going to be the the, from top to bottom the most Hmm. accomplished and competent coaching staff that Cam Newton has ever played under. But then the, the other thing that I think benefits Cam in this situation is this. So we talk about how Brady doesn't have a lot of mobility. That's That's been very clear. <laughs> and we said at times when he doesn't have the protection he needs, like he struggles. He, mm-hmm. he looks bad at times. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton has been accustomed to playing under bad offensive lines in Carolina. Like, let's be real about mm-hmm. it. He's had some trash offensive lines, but the one thing that he always has, his ace in the hole, is the escapability that he plays with, the 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 ability to, to make things happen out of nothing. And we know – New England's offensive line is better than Carolina's offensive lines. Yes. We also know that they have players coming back that were injured last year. That's going to be huge. Correct. So for me, man, when I look at Cam Newton playing in in New England next year, I'm like, man, if he's healthy. It's a big opportunity for him. Oh, great opportunity from a contract standpoint as well. You get the I one and I done. I saw a lot of people talking about that today, right? Like, yeah. well, how can Cam Newton how – can, how can Nick Foles get more money than Cam mm-hmm. Newton? How can – Maybe Cam Newton didn't want that type of deal. Maybe and, he and wants the, the one year prove it, then yes. set myself up for another for that last long term yes, deal. Yes, because the issue is this: if and, and it's a different situation for Cam because Cam has already made a ton of money. Cam has already had a ton of success, but Cam knows that hey, I have a chance to not reset the market, but I have a chance to get one of those one crazy more big contract. contracts. Because yeah. unlike Nick Foles, Cam Newton has proven for numerous seasons that he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Nick Foles hasn't done that. Let's be real. Nick Foles has showed that in playoff time, he's very clutch. He can outplay Carson Wentz in that regard. But other than that, like we haven't seen a 16-game body of work consistently right. from him. Don't point to the one year where he was the Pro Bowl. I don't want to hear that. That was definitely schematic versus him just having raw ability. <clears throat> but when we're talking about Cam, we know Cam. If Cam goes out here and, and – plays just competent, plays healthy. If he looks healthy, 
No question, man. He he has that same caliber. He's that type of player. And for the people that are going to say he's not young, don't tell me now that you expect Ben to not – Ben could ball out at 38 coming off a of major elbow surgery. Tom Brady could be in his 40s and still be this. Drew Brees could be in his 40s and be that. People are expecting Phillip Rivers to come back. Cam Newton's 31 years old. So you mean Russell to tell Wilson. me he's 10 years <laughs> younger than those players? And, 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 and we we ready to write the book and say, oh, he's done. He's wise. He's old. Don't give me that. I don't want to hear it. So for me, in fact, he's kind of at that age. A lot of times, where quarterbacks hit their peak. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so for me, I'm, I think that this is a great opportunity, and that he could really, if he's healthy, that's the biggest thing. Now, if he's healthy, now all reports sure. have said that he's healthy. And for me, uh, I told you I like to keep it the same across the board. So if I'm going to operate with the assumption that Philip Rivers is healthy, if I'm operating with the assumption that Gronk is healthy, if I'm operating the assumption that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, Drew Brees, I'm going to operate with the exact same mentality and same thought process mm-hmm. that Cam Newton is healthy. So when he is healthy, we know he's an MVP caliber player. We know he's a game changer. And if he's in New England with that type of offense, with that type of defense and coaching staff just overall, then, yeah, it's a lot closer when you're talking about them versus the Bills in that in that AFC East. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I wonder, too, do you think that we could see a slow start from Cam in New England, right? Maybe the, it takes three, four weeks before it finally pops just because, of, again, again, how late this is happening in the process. And, like, we've talked about at nauseum, right, the lack of off-season snaps. We've talked about how that could affect Tom Brady. At least he's been – <laughs> running drills with some of his teammates, you know, out at the park for for a few weeks here. I you thought we were any... supposed to be doing that. Oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess unless you're TB12, baby. Well, you... you know, it, it, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, hey, we, got, we, got a whole, we got a whole bunch more that we have to get to as it yeah. relates to some of this Patriots and Cam Newton and, and Tom Brady stuff. But how, how do you look at it? Do you look at it as, okay, it's it's a, di- a completely different quarterback. They're going to have to run a different system. It's going to take some time to get them up to speed, to get Cam up to speed. Or do maybe you look at it and you say, you know what, it's Belichick, it's McDaniels. They'll figure it out quicker than most would. I think they will be able to figure it out quicker than most just because, like I said, that coaching staff, they're extremely intelligent in terms of, number one, player evaluation. We talked about how – We've seen the Patriots turn a Wes Walker into a megastar, turn a Julian Edelman, who was playing special teams and defense at some times, into a megastar. We've seen how they've turned Chris Hogan into a, a megastar. Well, while he was in New England. Then it changed when he <laughs> left. <clears throat> but still, you've seen numerous times where they're – Former lacrosse player, Chris Hogan? Yeah, practice squad in Buffalo like it was nuts. Still can't believe it. But we've seen how they are able to relate and how they're able to get the best out of certain players. Now, you're putting that with a guy who has elite-level ability when healthy. You're putting that with a guy who's been in the league for, what, a decade now or or pretty much close to it, and he understands offense. He understands coverages. So I don't think the learning curve is going to be very steep for him. I think now the one thing that will benefit Cam, though, and obviously we're speculating here, is does the season start like it's supposed to start? We already talked about how the preseason has been altered thus far with the cancellation of the Hall of Fame game. And rumors and that there's going to be. that they're going to cancel two preseason right. games. So all of those things help Cam in terms of giving him more time to get acclimated with the playbook. More time to reach out and talk to some of his uh, receivers and the offensive staff and, and, and offensive players. Even though they've been saying that you're not supposed to be doing these workouts, let's be real. 
Everybody talks about Tom Brady doing it. Russell Wilson's doing it as well. You go down the list, a ton of guys are having these private workouts. So you have to assume that, hey, Cam's going to be another guy that's going to be hopping in that, that boat in terms of trying to get with his guys so they can get up to speed. So I think for Cam, it, all, those, uh, all those variables are helping him out. All those variables are beneficial for him. Now, if the season was supposed to start on time, then I'll be saying, man, he could have a potentially a really slow start because he's behind the eight ball. Right now, he's right on pace with everyone else because no one else had OTAs. No one else had a mini camp. And now he's still going to have what between now and what the end of August or whenever they, they decide to play these preseason games. <laughs> so he's going to still have a good amount of time to get familiar with that. So I think that does help him. And I don't think we'll see as slow of a start as you traditionally would if he was signing this time of year in a regular offseason. Got a couple more Cameron, Cam Newton Cameron, related. I was like, Cameron. whoa, we calling him government now? Cameron? Jeez. A couple more Cam Newton related things here for Motsi on the other side. We also got to touch on, on those l- fines that were levied in the Patriots' direction over this weekend as well. A whole bunch to get to today. We're also going to talk about our top rosters as they stand right now in the National Football League. So a lot planned here for the next hour and 45 minutes. Keep rocking with us. Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, God bless at least something happening in the football world, Motsi. We got something to talk about, Cam Newton to the Patriots. And you know what? I think, Motsi, if you uh, if you listen pretty close, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sure you can, off in the distance, you can hear Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith arguing something, Cam, <laughs> screaming at each other about something Patriots. And Cam you don't Newton think related. Cam Newton is still the MVP? I mean, dude, this is just a gut. For everybody that does what we do for a living, this is just a godsend today, right? All the different debate You'll things that you can create, right? Will Cam Newton work with Bill Belichick? Will they butt heads? Will are Bill, the Patriots the favorites? Are they the favorites? What we talked about, you know, will, will Bill still let Cam be Cam? Are the Patriots the favorites in the AFC? East or even bigger in the AFC um, are they true Super Bowl contenders what else could we debate oh you know what they're going to get into today at Uh-oh. some point on, on, on you know Uh-oh. on FS1 and ESPN who's under more pressure to win in 2020 Cam yeah. Newton or Tom Brady <laughs> <laughs> or or you know what There's so many ways you can go with it man you know what they're going to get into tomorrow to create more content out Uh-oh. of this oh who would you rather have right now Jimmy G or Cam Newton oh 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 easy man easy <laughs> Oh, Arthur Motes, God bless it. We appreciate the content. Shout out to Cam Newton. I man. mean, we, we really do. I mean, but Arthur Motes, who'd you rather have, Jimmy G or Cam Newton? I mean, if he's healthy, Cam. One's the MVP, one's not. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. Both got the same Super Bowl record. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, or wait, no, I was going to say in the same stadium, but that's not correct because Cam played in the Niners stadium. Yes, yes. And last Super Bowl was in Arizona, Arizona. correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Arthur Motes, a whole bunch to get into, but if we kind of flip the scope, I guess, from uh, Cam Newton to Patriots-specific for for Mm -hmm. just a minute, right? There is one question that I want to ask you. 
And that's why, how, why, how are the Patriots, <laughs> why, how, who, what, when, where, who, why, what? how? Wait a minute. <laughs> why or how? I don't know which is the correct uh -huh. way to describe it there. But why or how are the Patriots the only sports entity that it seems like continually skate by cheating? Uh, right, we we nobody's gonna let the Astros forget forget what they did, Arthur Motes. Well, right, nobody lets uh, the baseball guys forget what they did. You can't bring up cycling without screaming up someone screaming about Lance Armstrong and Floyd Landis. Why why are the Patriots? I, I really think twenty years from now, like no one's gonna talk. I mean, there will well, be, actually, there'll be people that I will. Do know but why. <laughs> in the grand scheme of the Patriots dynasty conversation, yeah. twenty years from now, uh -huh. I really think ch the cheating's gonna be looked at as a footnote. Even when this is now the second time that they've been mm -hmm. fined over a million dollars in docked draft picks. Yeah, well, check this out. I think the biggest thing is this, man. When you talk about the MLB and why they bring up their cheaters is because, number one, some of the guys boasted about it. Some of the guys tried to act as if they were too witty to get caught. Um, and I think all that kind of played into it. When you talk about mm -hmm. Lance Armstrong. Remember, he he tried to countersue. Like, <laughs> right. Bro, it wasn't like he just was, okay, I'm going to pay my fine and shut up. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to get you now for coming at me. Inflammation. Knowing he was wrong. Yeah. So I think that plays into it as well. When you talk about the Patriots, think about Spygate. Mm -hmm. They didn't give you a whole bunch of hoopla. The only time that the Patriots have really came out and, and fought something was when the deflate gate happened with Brady. And that was because it was more so a personal attack on Brady. And he felt that, hey, man, this isn't even that big of an offense, which it wasn't when we talked about how numerous quarterbacks do the exact same thing. In the it, scope of just that one correct. incident, it wasn't a— It wasn't as yeah. big, but it was more so the repeat offender element correct. of it. Correct. But even with this situation, the Patriots didn't try to fight this. What did they do? They gave him the information, and they said, okay, we'll pay our little fine because, I mean, let's be real, a million dollars to Robert Kraft is chump change. That's nothing. Yeah, I think it was $1.1 million on top of it. It was. It was. Yeah. So you do that in a third-round draft pick, not a second round, not a first round, or a third-round pick. They're like, bro, we're not tripping. We'll take that. But I think that's the reason why it's not talked about as much or why the Patriots, even though they, they still have that around them, it's, it's around them, but it's not on it's them. It's not at the forefront. Correct. Yeah. Because they never tried to fight it. They never tried to make it elongated. They never tried to hmm. drag it out in the media and make Where you pick Astros a side. Have been different. They did. The Astros, they Altuve fought it. Trying to you see what this I mean? And, that, and I left my shirt yeah. on for this reason. And, and think and about we didn't this, right? They, they tried to fight Altuve was the worst because he tried to fight it the hardest. You saw and you saw all the video, everything looking like of it. Him saying, don't rip you know off my I mean? jersey. Don't rip and, off and my then, jersey. And then when the facts start to come out and they get proven guilty, then you're like, all right, all right, but look though, everybody was doing it now. So they even doubled, they doubled you know down I mean? on it more. Yeah, yeah. so it's like we would have still won the World Series. So it's like when you go that route, it it makes people say, you know what? Now I really got an issue with you because you couldn't have just admitted it up front. If you admit it up front, it's no different, man. Think about this, right? How many times your parents said something to you? Just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. And the I, punishment. Will you be know less. what I mean? It won't be. I know yeah. you did it. But you want to lie about it. I know you did it. You're caught right-handed. I know you did it. But you keep that's lying a, about that's it. That's a great example. You keep lying about it. And then when they finally catch you and you finally come clean, now it's ten times worse than what it really has been. And from then on, your integrity is in question. Anytime there's something, oh, man, it might have been, it might not have been, you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. That leash is getting, right. it's getting pulled in. So with the Patriots, you think about this. I mean, you think about Spygate and you think about this situation right here when they were videotaping the, the, the Bengals. Not once did they try to fight it. They were like, look, man, the guy's an independent person, independent film crew. We brought him in. He's not directly related to anything here. 
they opened up to the hey man, you can investigate Belichick, you can investigate Brady, you can and remember they did all the investigating and nothing could tie back to any of them. So legitimately they could afford it. They could have said, look, that's a this one off. He doesn't work for us. He's yeah. an independent guy. But what did they say? We'll take the punishment. We good. Hmm. Because they know long term, man, it's not worth it. Hmm. It's not. <laughs> maybe there's like some A Rod stuff going on in there too, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Where maybe that's why A Rod isn't as vilified as the other steroid guys hey, because hey, he came out and admitted he, it. He ain't trying to fight it. He he didn't hit you with the uh what was uh Braun. Oh my gosh, where he he's like, Man, I would never do something like that. You're crazy. I mean, I'm just hurt that that y'all would even come at my integrity like that. Like the Rafael Palmeiro. And, 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 and then he tests positive. And then he tests positive. Like, bro, come on, man. Like, why'd you do that? You could have just ca- just get ahead of it. Just Yeah, I did it. I messed up. I was wrong. Lay low for a couple years, then come back dating J-Lo, and you're all good. Listen, people love A-Rod. I, and put it like this. <laughs> we all know when it comes time for Hall of Fame voting, A-Rod's going to get in. It's not going to be an issue at all. You know why? Because he went ahead and admitted it and was on with his business, lay low, didn't try to fight it, didn't try to let me put on this this media machismo to, to save face. Now he's doing stuff for the NFL Network. Exactly. And, or NFL, MLB, MLB Network, Network. Yeah. absolutely. And I guarantee you he's going to get in the hall with no issue where you look at the guys like a Barry Bonds, you look at the guys like a McGuire or Sosa who tried to fight it, who tried Roger to act Clemens. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, they try so hard. And even though with Barry, he still never tested positive. It's like. Dude, because great, of that whole... That's a great point by you. Because you tried to fight it, man. That's what it is now. Because people, man, they... And I feel like just natu- by nature, if we feel that you wronged us, we will hold a grudge if you don't just admit to your wrongdoing. Sure. If, if you just come on and say, you know what, I messed up. That was on me. People are so quick to forgive. And especially if you're playing good. Especially, think about with A-Rod. Especially as an athlete. A-Rod yeah. came back, balled out. You think about the Patriots, man. Even at the spy gate, they took their punishment. They came back, won some more championships. So for them, they they understand the model. Look, man, hey, admit it, lay low, go on about your business. So I think that's why they aren't viewed the same way, or why it's just uh, uh, uh it's, it surrounds them like a fly, but it's not directly on them per se. You know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest reason behind it. No, it's a, it really is. It's a great point by you. The we're much more willing as a society in general, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with our athletes, but in any facet of life, to forgive somebody if they're admitting their wrongdoing, yes. if they're asking for forgiveness. Yes. And I guess necessarily the Patriots haven't like asked for forgiveness, mm. but they're not denying what Correct. they've done. They're, they're not trying to, to put on this facade of, I'm holier than thou, I'm going right. to fight this thing, because that's when you get pissed. That's when you're like, come on, bro. Mm. Now, now you really lied. To, like you already cheated me, but now you gonna lie to me on top of that. Like you're compounding the 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 discretion that you've already did. I think that's it's, starting to happen too with some of this Zion Williamson Duke stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people are saying, "Look, Duke, we know that you do what every other college basketball does program does, uh-huh. but don't try and walk Coach K out here like exactly. this, like this holy messiah who's never towed the like, line in his on, life, man. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not how it works. It, it, and what ends up happening? is it makes the punishment that much harder. And it makes people, it makes the backlash, people want to see you Yes, because now they're like, okay, since you want to lie about it, now I gotta, I'm going to prove it and make it where we crush you on top of this. And it's going to forever be attached to you. It's, no, it's, a, it's a great point by you. It certainly is. Uh, but I will say this, though. It's not always easy to do. Let's be real about no. it. Because you do, I mean, even if you are caught, you still, I mean, you hear the stories, die with the lie and all this other stuff. Like, you feel like, man, I could get out Take of this Take it to thing. your grave. Like, like it's not that. I, I, I could fight this. I could fight this. 
Sometimes, man, hey, hey, it's better to just cut your loss. Pete Rose did that for a long time. He did. Look at him now. Exactly. It was probably too late before he finally came clean yeah. to ever get back to where he wants yep. to be. All you needed to do, man, when it happened, all right, look, you got me. We're, we're, it's here. I did it. Yes. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And you'd be good, man, but that's that's the issue sometimes, man. Easier said than done. Another thing that's difficult to do, Arthur Motes, is to be the guy – to be the man who's got to replace the man, right? <sighs> Ric Flair once said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! I live by that code. But it might be more difficult to replace the man, right? Like, you never want to follow a legend. Like, you don't want to be, was it Jay Cutler who followed John Elway in Denver? Whew. Like, you don't want to be the quarterback Whew. who has to follow Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh, right? Like, the Whew. the uh, the Montana to Steve Young, the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, that's very rare. Super rare. Quite often it works out the other way where there's, you know, you go Bradshaw and then a bunch of other people. You go Jim Kelly to... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, correct. You don't always go Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. That mm. doesn't It doesn't always happen nah. that way. Um, you go from uh, you go from Mario Lemieux to Rico Fada. You know that's <laughs> everybody goes. Through, most of the time, you go through it. This is normal. So I was thinking about that driving in here, Motsi, and but I'm thinking of it as what an opportunity. We kind of talked about the contract opportunity that Cam Newton has, right? To yeah. to have a really good year and get one more big contract. Motsi, if he has success with the Patriots, and let's not even say win the Super Bowl, right? Just success. But say they, they go to the play, you know, they have a, a 10, 10 win season, double digit win season. They win a play, at least one playoff mm -hmm. game. I think for Cam Newton's legacy to be the man who stepped in for the guy who was the yes. man and continue to have success, I think for a lot of the naysayers still of Cam Newton's ability, man, that would change a lot of minds. And that would, you know, an MVP already solidifies your legacy to a certain point in the National Football League, obviously. But if he's able to pick up where Tom Brady left off, right, and not have a drop-off, or maybe even the Patriots get a little bit better, like, dude, I, I think people will remember that 10, 20, 30 years from now. Oh, yeah, you hit it on the head when you said him leading them to the playoffs and actually getting a victory in the playoffs. I think him leading them to the playoffs is going to, number one, get him a ton of money. Yes. And the respect that he already has is going to increase drastically. But for it to be viewed as a very successful transition or, or, or a very successful, oh, this guy came in after Brady type move, right. he has to win at least one playoff game because we know so too. the standard up there. But also, how crazy would it be when you look at the rosters, the only thing that's going to be drastically different is the quarterback. Other than that, their roster is pretty much identical to last year's mm -hmm. roster, and we saw how that ended in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Wild card exit to the Titans. So if he's able to actually take them further – this season wins a playoff game that that that's different yeah you, you never want to be the man to replace the man right unless you pick up right where they left off but the thing is this though i do feel out of all the guys that when we go down the list of players who have to replace certain players cam newton probably is one of the best guys in terms of having to step into that situation because number one from a personality standpoint he's not worried about feeling overwhelmed by the the situation by the magnitude he started right. as a as a quarterback in the biggest game the biggest game on the biggest stage in terms of the super bowl he's been an mvp he's had all the individual success and you know when healthy he was up there with these top quarterbacks in terms that year he won mvp think about when he was healthy he had a three four year run where it was like yo cam is legit 
depending on what you want in a quarterback, you you can put him in a top five. Top oh yeah, ten, yeah. And if you had him any lower than six or seven, you oh were you were just, hate you were lying you were to hate. yourself. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. So when I look at that, if I'm Cam, I'm like, man, Cam, you you have to be excited about this opportunity. Oh, he's got to be. I mean, this couldn't have worked out much better yeah. for him. Because let's be real, if if he goes, I mean, there, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, that might yes. be a better situation for him to land in right now. But other than that, mm-hmm. so for me, when I look at Cam, I say, okay. I only see upside in this because let's be real. If you play bad, they're gonna blame it on the injuries, anyways. Mm-hmm. If and if, the lack of off season, absolutely yep. lack of off season, the injuries and just the overall yeah, man. The it's Patriots not a lot of roster talent, needed man, turnover, needed, anyways. Yeah, yeah, they these, need to rebuild. So you reset. have so many built-in excuses already <laughs> there for you. But if you go up there and you play well, you have a chance to blow up even bigger. Like you thought he was a, a star in Carolina. Think about the Patriots. I mean, I mean, of lately, that's one of the biggest branded franchises in sports. So you really have a chance to just hit a home run if you go in there and just play good. Not even saying you have to play great, not even MVP caliber, just play good. Because we know that your good was going to be way better than a Jared Steedham. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me uh, play hypothetical here, Motsi. They go to the playoffs, right, as a wild card. They go to Buffalo and beat the Bills in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, clean. Why you got to do my Bills like that? Well, that's just crazy. the division thing. You know what I mean? Jeez, it could have been, been the Jets, but I'm giving the Bills more credit. I mean, I'm with you on that. Well, I'm glad you said go to Buffalo, too. Right, so at least they right. have the home spot. So the, so the Bills win the division, um, but the Patriots go there and win a close playoff game, right? Then they go to Baltimore, and they beat the Ravens. But then they go to Kansas City, and they lose in a, in a tough one to the Chiefs. Dude, I, I think people are going to be looking at, like, like Cam Newton took they'll, them to the Brady him, They'll could. be signing him to an extension. In the yeah. Let's be real. A franchise on one. Right. <laughs> like, that's where, because I was thinking about it, like I said, as I drove in here today, I was thinking, man, that's really tough for Cam Newton. Like, to go there, to, to be the man to replace the man. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, I was like, it's a great situation for him. If he has, if he has a, a great year there this year, again, they don't need to win the Super Bowl. They just need to win the playoff game or two. Yeah. He could again. His legacy's already cemented with the MVP, but I think he could really change the narrative or change the way a lot of fans view him. Oh yeah. So for me, man, I only see upside for Cam in this situation, man. Just because, like I said, he has the excuses built in, <laughs> and, and they aren't even far fetched when you think about the circumstances of it. This guy, he, he wasn't healthy the past two years. He missed mm-hmm. pretty much all of what one or two games last year. Two last year, yeah just to make sure that he could go ahead and have the surgery that he needed to do and get healthy. So that's already there. If he plays bad, that this is why. I'm rusty or I'm, I'm still recovering, which is completely fine. Then he resets and gets right back in the same situation for less money somewhere else, but he still is going to get those opportunities. So for him, man, it's low, low risk, super high reward, though, man. Those Patriots – and they're good business dealings, I tell you what. Oh, yeah, man. You talk about business. <laughs> we'll say no more. Cam Newton thoughts on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. On the other side here, Arthur Motes and I have power-ranked our best rosters in the National Football League in terms of talent. Could the addition of Cam Newton move the Patriots a little bit up that board? Where do they land? Where do the Steelers land? Where do the Ravens land? How about those Browns, too, right? A lot of talent on paper. We'll discuss all that. Get into all that on the other side. Keep those tweets coming in. Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 
Bouncing around on a Monday, Euler and Motes on Steelers Nation Radio. It's time to get into it right here. Spent the first 40 minutes of the show or so talking about Cam Newton to the Patriots. We'll still take your tweets on that. We'll get back to that in the second hour of the program as well. But right now, we got to do some power ranking of some National Football League rosters. Arthur Motes and I, you know what we've been doing over the last few weeks, right? We're it's the gold rush of content here on the show. <laughs> We're trying to, uh, you know, find interesting ways to still talk football and make it know, stimulating in, in some type of way. Um, so what we got for you here today is the best rosters in the National Football League. Arthur Motes, I already know the drill, but just in case people don't think I'm being rude. All right. When we do these type of things, I have to go first because then Motes can either agree with me and tell me why or he can chop me in half and tell me why I'm a fool. Pretty much. <laughs> so, without further ado, I don't need to exchange pleasantries or nope. ask him who's going first or how he wants to do this because I already know. Let's start at the top of the list. Arthur Motes. I didn't know if this was going to be unpopular, but apparently, according to some of these websites, it is unpopular. But number one's the Kansas City Chiefs. What are we talking about here? Anyone who says other, otherwise is just trying too hard, trying to say something different, thinking about this way too much, trying to be too smart. The Kansas City Chiefs won the bleeping Super Bowl, and they have 21 of their 22 starters back. What more do you need to know than that? Uh, oh, yeah, and by the way, they nailed their first two draft picks, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I think can have an impact right away, linebacker Willie Gay Jr., who I loved for the Steelers. I think both guys will have impact as rookies, even with the lack of offseason programs. The defense is much improved over where it was two years ago. The talent on offense, the skill positions. Oh, yeah, and I haven't even mentioned that guy Patrick Mahomes yet. Mm. I got the Chiefs at number one. Uh, how far do you want me to, like, should I do my top three and then let you do your top three? Is that how we want to do this? Is that, is that cool? That's, yeah, that sounds about I right. think that's fair. And then yeah. we'll go from there. We'll, we'll go back and forth from yeah. there. So I got the Chiefs number one. Number two. Okay, this sucks. But I got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, where's the weakness? Uh, and if you say Lamar Jackson, smack yourself. It's, it's just wishful thinking. Ooh, that's what we're on today. <laughs> oh, um, but all right, I'll tell you know what, Motsi, I'll put the devil's advocate for a second because this is Steelers Nation Radio. Even if Lamar Jackson takes a step back, come on, still look at this roster. Uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews. Yeah, the receivers, still something to be desired there. But even with the departure of Yonda, that offensive line is still really strong. Best young tackle in football and Ronnie Stanley. Uh, and one thing, Motes, the addition of Calais Campbell, it's like it's huge. the biggest thing this offseason that no one's talking about. It's flying under the radar for some reason. Uh, Patrick Queen, I think, was a perfect pick for them in the back end of the first round. I think he'll fit really well. Their secondary is nasty. Bro. Yeah. And then Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Earl Thomas, even without nasty, his brother bro. in the fold. I mean, what are wow. we talking about here? Did you really? Wow. Oh, yeah. And Arthur Motes, by the way. <laughs> The best kicker I've ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, Justin, and Justin Tucker. Yeah, I mean, you get him close. you get him to what? Like the 35-yard line, and, and he's Dude, within for range. for me, man, like I just – I love the pickup of a Derek Wolf. I, I remember another how – Another underrated one. I mean, you talk about a dude that's super productive. This was a contract super year Bowl for him. experience. Listen, this was a contract year for him, and he was balling out prior to getting hurt. Like, Derek Wolf was a major contributor on that Broncos Super Bowl winning team. He's been a consistent force inside, even once Malik Jackson left to go to Jacksonville. Derek Wolf is a very, very productive player. And I think he's, like you said, you talk about Calais Campbell going under the radar. The Derek Wolf pickup is huge. Mm-hmm. 
Super Bowl experience added to that roster. Yeah, I've got the Ravens number two. And then number three, I still think I've got the Niners. Despite Ooh, the DeForest Buckner trade, Okay. Um, I, I think that's obviously still the, the most feared defensive line in football. The, the DeForest Buckner exits stage right, but you bring in Kinlaw. I think it's a, a nice kind of guy in waiting. Um, Nick Bosa should get even better this year. They add Trent Williams to anchor that offensive line on the left side. Major, major upgrade. Yeah, George Kittle, all those young wide receivers. Uh, and a little bit more seasoned, but still a talented secondary. I've got the Niners number three. So Arthur Motes, again, Chiefs number one. 21 of 22 starters back on a Super Bowl winning team. I don't need to say anything more. Ravens number two. Even if I want to play devil's advocate and say Lamar takes a step back, there's still not really a hole on that roster. And they do special teams just about as well, if not better than most. And I got the Niners number three, despite the DeForest Buckner trade. I think the addition of Trent Williams and two guys that I think they nailed in the first round draft as well, too, offsets some of that. Arthur Motes, what say you? I love when you come in guns blazing. <laughs> I love it. You come in with such confidence, such big, big bravado, big hot take, you know what I'm saying? West in the building, Chiefs number one. There's nothing you can say about it. 21 and right. 22 starters That's returning. Right. But the problem is this. Are those 21 and 22 starters returning? That defense still has nothing on the Baltimore Ravens, bro. So let's be real about this. When we're talking from an offensive standpoint, sure, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I'm still leaning Mahomes, but for argument purposes, still MVP in Lamar Jackson. He's no slouch in his own right. And when I look at their offenses, the biggest reason why the Chiefs offense is what it is is because of Mahomes. When we're talking about everything else, position breakdowns and stuff like that, I think they have a little bit more talent on the offense, hmm. but I don't think the disparity is as big as when you're talking the Ravens' defense versus the Chiefs' defense. Hmm. That gap is a lot bigger. So for me, that's why I have the Ravens at number one because of that bigger gap in talent and productivity from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, Chiefs get the nod, but barely. We're talking if the Chiefs are a 10 offensively than the Ravens. And this is what me, you know, putting Lamar Jackson in context because I can say, oh, they're a 10 offense as well because what they did, record setting and all that. But because that style of play, I still have my concerns in terms of the longevity of it. I'll put them at an eight. But from a defensive standpoint, the Chiefs defense, I mean, they played extremely well last year, but it was extremely well for them because mm. of how bad they had been prior to that. Whereas the Ravens, I mean, we talked about it last year with the Ravens. We said you you can make the argument any week, whichever one, whether it's the Patriots, Ravens, Steelers, or Bills in terms of having the best defenses in the league last year, and it was situational who you wanted to go with. For a time, the Ravens' defense looked just insane out there, insane. So that's why, for me, I have the Ravens at one. And like you said, that's not even talking about the special teams element, which isn't even close. Justin Tucker, man. It's not even close. <laughs> Like, so, I love it when people, like, don't get me wrong, he's the most clutch kicker I've ever seen, Adam Vinatieri. Yeah. But I love it when people still say Adam Vinatieri is the best kicker in football. Not, not like, dude, chance. where is Justin? Like, have you, have you, have you missed that name for the last seven years? Easily. Easily, <laughs> man. Like, Tucker is a weapon. He's a weapon. Yes. He is a How weapon, How many kickers bro. do we describe as a he weapon? He is a weapon. I can think of two in my lifetime. Sebastian Janikowski. Yes. Seabass is definitely he, the man. If he showed up to the game sober enough Correct. to still kick. And Justin Tucker. Like, you cross midfield, there is scoring range. They're like, that's range. that's yep. different, man. It's like Steph Curry crossing yes, the midfield. Yes, that, that is line. different, man. 
So for me, that's why I have the Ravens at one. But the Chiefs are right there at number two because when we talk about everything else with the Chiefs roster, Mahomes plays a huge factor in that. And when you talk about them having 21 to 22 guys returning, I was very impressed by the the, the player Frank Clark last year as well. Mm -hmm. I thought that he did extremely well. Chris Jones, another guy that went healthy, he can be the best, one of the best D tackles in the league. And obviously last year he dealt with some knee issues and stuff like that. But ultimately, I think he's taking a huge step in the right direction. Now, they do have some concerns when we talk about their linebackers. I'm not that impressed with them just yet. But the way Tyron Matthew played last year was huge for that secondary. It was a big-time upgrade. And like you said, we're going to see how some of the younger guys play. Obviously, you Willie know Gay I really Jr. like Willie Gay we're Jr. See I how wanted the Steelers to end absolutely. up with him. So we'll, we'll see, obviously, how those guys pan out and stuff like that. But – Overall, I mean, it's splitting hairs, obviously, when we're talking sure. the difference between the Ravens and the Chiefs, but that's the big difference between the one seed versus the two right now. Now, with three, you went with the Niners, and now I love that Niners roster. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, offensively, defensively, they, they have a ton of talent. But for me, man, I went with the Saints here Ooh. because when, when, I, when I talk offensive standpoint, I'm taking Drew Brees over Garoppolo any day. And I understand they, they have, uh, for the Knights, they have Raheem Morstert as, like, their feature guy, which is fine. He's not Kamara. No. And we also know that they do running back by committee anyways out there. Now, from a tight end standpoint, George Kittle, we know he he is a man. But I think the big thing that, that, tipped, the cap, that, that tipped it for me was, number one, Debo Samuels being hurt right now. People, mm -hmm. Let's be real. People forget he's going to miss a good amount of time, and who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back True. from his injury. That's true. He could miss the first quarter of the season. Easily. And then you know, coming back from a foot injury, it could take Always a couple of weeks time. for him to get back up to speed. So I think that's a huge loss, along with the fact the Saints were able to snag Emmanuel Sanders from them as well. Big time producer and contributor for that offense last year. So not only do you not only did the Niners lose a receiver to free agency and Emmanuel Sanders, but they also are going to be without their their number one receiver now, Debo Samuels for a, a couple of weeks, could be longer. Then you obviously have Michael Thomas with the Saints. I mean, it's not even close in that regard because they – He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I would say from an offense standpoint, I don't really know who they he have. They could even. <laughs> and then when we talk about the offensive line, I think Taron Armstead along with uh, along Ram, with Big Ram Trent. Check. Yeah, Yeah, but what I'm saying, if I'm comparing their tackles, their best offensive line, oh, man, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I would compare Trent and Taron, and I would say that they're pretty much a wash right there. You can lean Taron because he's been more healthy of the two of lately. But like you said, we didn't even talk about Ryan Ramchek just yet. We haven't even got to him. We haven't even got to McCoy yet. So I think from an offensive line standpoint, the Saints have the better offensive line. Now, defensively, this is tough because we know that front four. Actually, I mean, I say front four, but them dudes in, in, in San Fran are different in that regard. Yeah. They're just different. Yeah. They're different. And, and I'm not a Cam Jordan fan because of the comments made about Big Ben. Nope. But when we look across the board, across the board, Defensively, I think that the Saints have the more complete defense. Hmm. But I think when you talk star power, when you talk Nick Bosa, Armstead, D. Ford, those are names that are, are very, very recognizable. Those are names that you say to me, you're like, yeah, they can ball. Sherman. Now, there's still going to be some question marks about Armstead, though, because obviously he hasn't lived up to the, the I think it was a third overall pick. He hasn't lived up to that Correct. billing just yet. So I think that's some of the concerns around him. But obviously Sherman, he came on. This is probably one of his most productive seasons that he's had. So I think that definitely plays into that. But when you're talking about the Saints defense, man, Marshawn Lattimore can ball. Janoris Jenkins can ball. 
Malcolm Jenkins, I think that's going to be a huge pickup for them as well. For me, yeah. Absolutely. And then Marcus Williams, I mean, we talked about how he was playing extremely well in, in, in that system last year. So for me, that's why I roll with the Saints at three. Okay, so you go Ravens, Chiefs, Saints. Yep, you I go, go Chiefs, Chiefs Ravens, Ravens, Niners. Yep. I like it. We'll get into that a little bit more. We'll also continue with these lists. Got to get to a break here to pay some bills. But on the other side, we'll split some airs. Got right? it. Because that's what we do. That's Gotta what we do, do best, baby. <laughs> get those tweets in. At Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. 60 in the books. Another 60 to go. Come back with us on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Awesome sauce. Well, that's good. Me too. Hour number two on a Monday. Euler and Motes rolling along here inside the electric factory. Little housekeeping announcements, Motsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, no show the next two days, but we will be back on Thursday, all right, yes. to send you into the holiday weekend before we're off Friday as well. But not to fear, okay? So, again, just a Monday-Thursday show this week. Whole, whole company, whole building is off on Friday. Um, sometime this week also, Motes is going to join me on, on Tuesday or Wednesday on the Adam Crowley Show. I'll be in for Adam all week, 4 to 7 on ESPN Pittsburgh. Hey, if you want my thoughts on Barstool Sports, tune in later. Wow. Um, so Motsi and I, no show Tuesday, Wednesday. We're back Thursday. I'll be on ESPN Pittsburgh as well, 4-7. to seven. Catch Motsi with me there as well. Right, I got it? I didn't miss yeah, any? That sounds, that didn't sounds miss any? Right. Oh, yeah, by the way, too, if you miss any of the show. Oh, there we go. It's if, podcast. You, if you want the whole show just on demand, commercial it's free at your fingertips, it's 2020, baby. We've Talk got about a this podcast feed. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. Steelers Blitz. That's Blitz with a Z. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find the show uploaded and archived there. Again, commercial free mozi. It's like Netflix, baby, except for you don't have to pay. Even better. Every single day. Continuing with our power ranking of the NFL rosters. Remember, Motes goes Ravens, Chiefs, Saints. I go Chiefs, Ravens, Niners. And again, I don't need to exchange pleasantries here and ask Motes if he wants to go next because we know how this works. All nope. right. I gotta I gotta put myself it's like I walk the plank essentially. All right. And then Motes either pushes me off to the alligators <laughs> or he pulls me back in at the last second. All Pretty right? much, man. So number four on my list. This is where I think Motsi and I might start to differ a little bit. <sighs> Can I regret this one? I don't know, man. But number four on my list, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Whoo, buddy. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb into the fold. Look at that offensive line. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins. You go to the defensive side of the football, and I know they lost some talent there, right? Byron Jones is gone. Yeah, that stinks. But, man, I'm still looking at that defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence coming off the edge. Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe on the interior. You already know, Motsi. He knows I'm my boy, Layton, 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 Lit, 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 Vander Esch, and Jalen Smith for the one-two punch at linebacker. I didn't even mention Upper St. Clair's finest Sean Lee, although he is getting a little bit long in the tooth. Listen, uh, the secondary. You're funny. The corners, there's some question marks there. <laughs> Haha, Clinton Dix and Xavier Woods. I like it safety, though. Oh, but I look at this roster, funny. and aside from corner, 
I don't see a ton of weaknesses. And I think, hey, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that aren't great at cornerback and are still able to have success. Again, I realize that they lost they lost some names on that defense, but I think if they stay healthy at linebacker, which they didn't last year, that'll offset some of that. Demarcus Lawrence, another another big season for him. I've got the Cowboys number four. Where do you want me to go? You want me to go number five, and then we'll might, then we'll reset. Well. Number five, I've got Arthur Motes' New Orleans Saints. Okay, I know they're they're. T- I was trying to figure out how late he was going. They're two, I, I, <laughs> they're two or three on everybody's list. I get it, and man, my, my man Motes hit on it. I mean, Alvin Kamara, stud. Michael Thomas, stud. You add in Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the offensive line, while Pete stinks as a guard and they're going to have a rookie, Cesar Ruiz, man, at the two tackle positions and at center, they are solid. There's certainly a lot worse you can do there. Uh, yeah, on defense, I'm with Motsi. I got no love for Cameron Jordan. We discussed the other day how we think Marcus Davenport's a little bit over overrated, but, man, mm-hmm. Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, even if Malcolm Jenkins is getting a little bit long in the tooth, like Motsi said, that should be a nice addition for that defense. I just – the reason that I have the Saints at, at five instead of two or three is because – hey, maybe it's a Eulerism. I don't know. I certainly wasn't the first person to say it, but Father Time's undefeated, all right? And Motsi and I have added to that. The Steelers, Chefs, and Uncle Sam are also undefeated. Mm-hmm. Father Time is an undefeated is undefeated for a reason. And I'm looking at a lot of the names on this list, man, and they if they're not shaking hands with Father Time, they're they're at least getting close to the fist bump here. I mean 5 and 0 last year without Drew Brees. Is that going to happen again this year if he misses time? We talk about Malcolm Jenkins, we talk about Cam Jordan. Yes, these guys have had very good NFL careers, but when do they start to get to the other side of that? Not this year, next year. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're well rested. Remember, that's what they told us about Ben. He's rested. So these guys had the additional quarantine offseason, so they're very rested going into the season. They're good, man. I got the Saints at number five. I couldn't – and listen, you guys know if you've listened to this show for more than 15 minutes, I don't like the Saints. I don't like Sean Payton. I mean, he's the best coach you've ever seen. Frauds. If Sean Payton were a Pittsburgh Steeler, we, Steelers head coach, we would have ran him out of this town three or four times already. If Sean Payton were the Packers or the Cowboys head coach, he would have been ran out of town already. He's just a good coach, man. But I still got the Saints at number five. Before I go any further, Arthur Motes, who you got at four and five? So at four and five for me, um, I got the 49ers at four, obviously. Okay. That was a team that I kept out of my top three. I think you had them at number three. Uh, Niners, yes, at number yeah, three. Yeah, you had them yep. at three. Yes, yeah, so I had the Niners at number four. Obviously, we talked about their roster. You hit at it uh, a lot, man, in terms of how deep they are from a defensive standpoint. Offensively, with George Kittle, they have a ton of weapons in that regard. I just hate the fact that they lost Debo Samuels for a certain portion of the earlier part of the season. I think that's definitely going to hurt them along with the addition, I mean, along with losing Emmanuel Sanders as well. Now, my fifth team, though, the fifth team. I know you went with the Dallas Cowboys. I know, I know how much you, you Well, know. I went Cowboys 4, I mean, four, you went Cowboys 4, Saints 5. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, man. So, you got Niners 4. Yeah, I got okay. Niners at 4. Now, at number 5, I go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. I think even Woo! though you want to talk Father Time, that's all well and good. The one thing we know is this, man. TB12 is better than Father Time, okay? And TB12 and that diet, I don't know if it's vegan. I don't know what it is, but it works. It's like Vigo, Keto, Intimate Fasting. CrossFit, I have no clue, but it works. Okay, we've been talking about Father Time, and, and, and look, 
we know in media where everybody wants to be ahead of the curve. So literally all you guys, you included West for the past six years, they've been talking about Brady has hit, father time That's is right. over. That's right. Look, man, y'all can keep on saying it for another two, three more years, okay? This is not the year y'all will be wrong again, okay? Father time don't have anything on TB12. TB12 takes father time around the watershed and goes to work, okay? So with that being said, man, when you look at the Bucks' offense, though, Tom Brady, big-time addition, big-time addition, upgraded quarterback. You don't have to worry about – I mean, you don't have to worry about Brady going for a 30 for 30. I can assure you of that, all right? Now, when you talk about the tight end position, we, we're we high on O.J. Howe. We think that he could be really good, and he definitely has still a lot more to prove, but we think he can be a really good tight end. I do. But you bring back Gronk, who we said when healthy. When healthy. He's good. Is, I mean, he's the best tight end. When healthy. And he's coming off of a year of what? Being healthy. Rest. Relaxing. I mean, he won, a, he won a WWE title in the process. That's true. He was kicking butt, okay? But then we talked about the receiving course. Mike Evans, one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL next to Keenan Allen. Chris, I mean, Chris can, Godwin. Can flat out Another ball. one of the most underrated receivers in the yes, NFL. Yes, indeed. Then I thought the, the addition of Tristan, Tristan Wirfs through the draft was a huge pickup pick for them yep. because we know from an offensive line standpoint they needed some upgrades in there. But defensively, this is where you get me. They got Shaq Baird who led the league in sacks last year. Dog. You got JPP coming back. He's supposed to be healthy. Missing fingers, but still a dog. Bro, I think he got better after the fingers got gone. Well, yeah, it's less less to block. I oh, mean, God, you know. stop that, bro. <laughs> Obviously, you got Indomitian Sue, who, when motivated, can still produce. But that's the big thing with him, when motivated. Now, I'm anticipating him being a lot more motivated because it's going to be the first time in his career where he's on a legit Super Bowl contender. Well, maybe that year with the Rams, but in, in the theory, second yes. time in his but, career. But, yeah. but I looked at it this way, man. Because for me, I still never believed in golf like that. Right. So that's my only issue with that. It's not having Tom Brady under Correct. Like, I feel like you can – it's kind of like even with Garoppolo last year. Like, you knew technically, yes, could the, could the 90s be Super Bowl contenders? Sure. But did you ever feel the same way about them that you felt about the Chiefs? Or even how you felt about the Ravens? So when we talk about Ndamukong Sue with the Rams, I'm like, yeah, cool, but golf is golf. Like, it's not the same to me. I feel like it was always going to be limited – and once it caught up to him, which it did, him and McVay, you see where their ceiling is now. That's not the case with Brady. It's different when you're lining up with a quarterback that you know can take you to the promised land. Trust me, I've experienced it, man. It's different. <laughs> you walk in and you're like, oh, yeah, this is our quarterback. I'm not tripping today. Mm-hmm. That's why I think Adam Gasu will be a lot more motivated. Then a big Levante David fan, and then we obviously talked about how Devin White, I mean, dude. I love, I love that guy. A beast. I love that guy. He is a beast. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next decade. No question. Crazy productive. And I also like the pickup of Antoine Winfield Jr. I think that he, I mean, we saw what he did collegially uh, was at Minnesota. So I think for him, man, he can definitely help upgrade that secondary for those guys. Because we talked about how secondaries, when we're starting to get out of that top three, top four teams, the secondary becomes a bigger issue with some of these teams. Yeah, so, Buck secondary. Yeah, it definitely leaves you wanting some. But offensively, I think they just have so much, man, that they'll be able to over, overcome any of those things. you just not going to talk about Jordan Whitehead? You just, you I mean, no, You're not no, going to no, talk no, about I mean, what Mr. Western Pennsylvania himself? I mean, if you want to, you could do that. I got that. a Jordan Whitehead story for you. Uh-oh. He broke my heart. Ooh. Uh, I didn't go – the further into my college career, right, the mm. less and less games I went to as a student because the more and more games you I was work. working. Correct. Uh, one of the games my senior year that I actually went to as a student was Oklahoma State, mm. and I was in like the front row of the student section, and Jordan Whitehead was on his official recruiting trip to WVU. Okay. Being a Pittsburgh guy myself, obviously I knew who he was. I believe he's a, a Claritin boy, yeah. um, but he had a ton of success 
in uh, in Western Pennsylvania playing high school football. I knew that you know his final schools were WVU, Pitt, Penn State, Ohio State. Right. You know all the all the close programs, Division One programs, Power Five programs. Um, so it was sometimes shortly before kickoff, and I'm, you know how this works. Oh, yeah. You know they're parading the recruits around, they're showing them everything. I see him walking by. Uh oh, uh oh. And I go, Jordan, Jordan Whitehead, because I'm in the front row of the student section, and he looks up at me, you know, and I said, hey, you got to come to school here, all right? I'm from Pittsburgh. I came to school here. Best decision uh-huh. I ever made in my life. You know, da 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 Don't go to that school located in the Oakland district of Pittsburgh, this, that, and the other. You know, I might have put in a few curse words or something there. And Jordan Whitehead laughed, and he said, I got you, and he dapped me up. And I thought that was it. I was like, all right, well, oh, you I, got just, committed. I just secured his letter of intent for the yeah. Mountaineers right there. And he ended up going to Pitt. Mm. Breaking my heart, Jordan White. <laughs> okay, so Arthur Motes, top five. I've got Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Cowboys, Saints. You go Ravens, Chiefs, Chiefs Saints, Saints, Niners, Niners Bucks. Bucks. Yep. All right, the Bucks are coming up quickly on my list. Where do we have the Steelers? Where do we have those Buffalo Bills as well, too? Got to talk about the Browns. Still a whole lot to get here, so we will finish this top 10 roster conversation on the other side. Get to your tweets as well at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body rolling along here on a Monday. It's Steelers blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24 seven home of the black and gold SNR. We get to your tweets here coming up in about 10, 15 minutes. That is if I can find them through all my mentions. Um, for, for those of you uh, unfamiliar with the joke that Motes and I have been making, all right, I, I had a tweet about Barstool Sports this morning that set off the stoolies. You know, Motes, it's gotten worse and worse, too, because as all these guys wake up in their mom's basement now mm. late in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, after a long night of drinking White Claw and playing Fortnite. Get them. Yeah, you know, they are upset. You know, they uh, another day of gainful unemployment. They've oh. got all kinds of time to tell me why oh. Barstool is so great on Twitter. Oh. But we'll get to those tweets before we get out of here. Arthur Mutz, we got to finish our conversation here. Top 10 rosters in the National Football League. All right, so we've given our top five. So far, I've gone Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Cowboys, Saints. At number six, Arthur Motes. I've got the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Man, you trade for Stephon Diggs. Add him with John Brown. I like those weapons on offense. Devin Singletary taking a big step forward this coming season. Uh, I really like their left side of their offensive line, especially with Dawkins and my WVU brethren, Quentin Spain. The big thing, obviously, is Josh Allen, right? If you tell me, Arthur Motes, that Josh Allen just gets a little bit better this year, man, the Bills are going to be a good team because look at that defense. Mm -hmm. Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds. I'm starting to think the most underrated defensive player in all of football. The more and more I see... 
Dude, Pro Football Focus has him graded as a 59.4 last season. What were you watching? They weren't watching. They also have Tredavis White as a 74.3. What were you watching? Because you could argue that Edmonds is the best line interior off-ball linebacker in the league right now. You could argue Tredavis White, okay, besides maybe the year that Stephon Gilmore had last season, is the best mm-hmm. corner in football right now. Certainly the best young corner in football. Yeah. Uh, you bring in Josh Norman, who's not the same Josh Norman from the Carolina Panthers, certainly, but he doesn't have to be the number one guy. Uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Pointer are a solid safety tandem. Moats, I've got the Bills at number six. At number seven, I've got those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, come on, I couldn't really have you them said much. It like you didn't want to, like you didn't want to give them that. I dude. don't, I don't. But Moats hit Jeez. on it all. I mean, listen, listen. I disagree with him that you know Tom Brady is undefeated against Father Time because Father Time ain't never lost. Yeah, you've been saying this for the past six, seven years. You, Max Kellerman, and who else you want to put on a hater list? Thomas Edward Patrick Brady will never win another Super Bowl. Oh, you're going to make me do macho. We heard that before as well. You're going to make me do macho, man, aren't you? I'm saying, we've heard that before as well, man. You may not like it, but accept it. But, I mean, come on, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, (laughs) you kidding me? The offensive line has some question marks, but Tristan Wirfs is the perfect. I mean, they couldn't have asked asked for a better draft pick to fall to them there. I believe it was 10th overall, right, where they nabbed him. Uh and then, yeah, you look at the defense. Uh, Nadamak and Sue, <laughs> Golson, Barrett, JPP, Levante, David, Devin White. Yes, I think the secondary is meh, leaving a lot to be desired. But I got the Bucks at seven at number eight, Arthur Motes. All right, here we go. The moment that everybody's been waiting for. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go. I got them at number eight on my list, okay? Uh, where are the gaping holes on the Steelers roster? I mean, you could say running back, right? But if James Conner's healthy, that's yeah. that, that ain't no thing, baby. No question. Tight end position. Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. I think you're comfortable with that tandem wide receiver. Again, some question marks with Juju and Deontay and what they can become. But you've got a lot of depth there. You got James Washington. You got Chase Claypool. On the offensive line, a unit that's worked together a lot. Obviously, Pouncey and DeCastro anchoring the center. You bring in big Steph Wiz. You've still got the veteran Al Villanueva. Matt Filer, another year under his belt at right tackle. Hey, you look on the defense, baby. Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, uh, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, where... Is the big gaping hole on the Steelers roster? The question is the health on the Steelers roster, yes. not the talent. I've got them at number eight. At number nine, Arthur Motes. I mean, I hate to do this because it's going to cost me like forty-five dollars. Uh oh. But I'm going to go across the turnpike to the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, you know you can leave on your boys now. At number nine, there. Um, if their question, their 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 questions are kind of the opposite of the Steelers. It's a health thing, right? Yes, because if Ertz is healthy, if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are healthy, if Jason Kelsey and Arthur Motes' boy Lane Johnson are healthy, that's an offense that can score and be productive. You add Javon Hargrave to Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox. Woo, buddy. Linebackers, Nasty. okay. There's still an absence of talent at linebacker, but they add Darius Slay to the secondary. They've got some young guys that aren't world beaters but are really nice, you know, certainly capable NFL talents like Jalen Mills and Rodney McLeod. I have got the Eagles. Like I said, I didn't want to drive across the turnpike because it's like $45 now. It does cost. But I got the Eagles at number nine. And then at number 10, this was tough for me, Arthur Motes. I narrowed it down to two teams. Okay. All right. Both in the AFC. I know exactly where you're going with this. The Colts or the Browns? Mm-hmm. 
So I did some back. I'm looking at these rosters, and I'm like, all right, quarterback, eh, maybe, <laughs> maybe a push there, running back, okay, give me the Browns, wide receivers, give me the Browns, maybe offensive line, I go back to the Colts. Looking at the defense, okay, I really like the Colts linebackers, but I really like the Browns defensive line more. I still don't know. Honestly, <laughs> number 10 on my list, I put Colts or Browns, and I figured that I'd figure it out oh, by the time we man. got to this point. I, I don't know, Mutsi. I think maybe, though, I go with the Browns. I give the Browns a slight edge, and it's because of what they did to their offensive line okay. this offseason. I don't think that's as big of a glaring weakness, obviously. Um, they bring in Jack Conklin. They go and they draft Dredrick Wills, what, 13th overall or mm -hmm. something like that. Joel Batonio is still a very good, one of the more underrated, better guards in the National Football League. If I'm going to buy into the whole health thing like we've talked Correct. about, right, then i got to assume that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be healthy yes, this indeed. season. Um, hey, like I said, the secondary, Denzel Ward needs to prove that last year was just a sophomore slump, and he's what we saw his rookie year. Jerry's still out on Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit. And they bring in Carl Joseph, another one of my Mountaineer brethren. Um, but I would give the Browns just a slight edge over the Colts. I would have the Colts at 11. And I just want to make one note, Arthur Motes, mm -hmm. that you notice who's not on my top 10 or top I, I 11. Do. And I don't think they'll be on yours either. Are the Seattle Seahawks. Correct. They're not even close. And mm -hmm. I, so I just want everybody to realize what Russell Wilson has done there over the last few seasons. Yeah. That roster isn't even Good. Not even Especially close. Especially now without Jadavian Clowney. <laughs> Not even close. Put some respect on my man Russell Wilson's name. That's all I have to say. All right, so, so recap your top 10 top one more 10, time. Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Cowboys, Saints. That's the top five. At six, I go Bills, then Bucks, then Steelers, then Eagles, then Colts. Uh, Browns, pardon me. Jeez. And I go Colts, honorable mention. What say you, Arthur Motes? All right. So for me, man, um, I already did my top five. But at number six, this is where I go Cowboys right here, man. I love what they have in terms of, from an offense standpoint, I tell you, I'm more of a Dak guy than a Wentz guy. Wentz is your boy, and you see y'all, the success that he's had or the lack thereof. <laughs> you know, but from an offense standpoint, man, when you look at Dak, when you man. look at Zeke, I mean, them dudes, man, they, they can ball. Zeke, obviously, is, you know, arguably the best running back in the league right now. Amari Cooper, big-time playmaker for them. And then also, man, bringing in C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, I think are going to be huge I mean, Michael Gallup was already a ball, but when you look at C.D. Lamb, the addition of him in that offense where he's a number one talent by himself, but you're pairing him with Amari Cooper already? I mean, dude, that's that's crazy. And then from a defensive standpoint, you bring in Joe McCoy, who I think, man, is still one of the top interior pass rushers in the league. Dude, like, they're stacked. Across the board, they're stacked, man. Now, you, you love their secondary a lot more than I do. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I must say, I don't know just yet on him, man. I know. The I really absence don't. of Bry Byron Jones, we're going to see that about the rest of that secondary. Absolutely, man. But front seven-wise, dude, they're loaded. And obviously, Leighton Vander, she said that he's healthy. He had to have a neck surgery and things like that. But he should be good now. But I think Rand uh, Randy Gregory, man, him coming back, I mm. think that's huge. Yeah. Because, I mean, when, obviously, when he wasn't suspended for marijuana, he could ball. We know that. Yes, he can. Demarcus Lawrence, he could ball. We know that. And also, uh, Don Terry Poe, man, he's a dude, they, even when he was with the Chiefs, man, he was still being a very productive player, very successful player out there. So that's why, for me, I got the Cowboys at six. At number seven, I'm taking it up north, man, to my Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Big old bays. Yes, sir. I mean, we talked about their roster, man. 
the question mark for them is Josh Allen. Is he going to continue to ascend? Is he going to continue to go in the right direction? Him and Baker Mayfield were very similar in their first two years in terms of, but flip-flopped. Baker had a really good year one, really poor year two. Josh Allen had a average at best year one, really good year two. So it's time to see, okay, can he continue to take the steps in the right direction? Uh, Devin Singletary, I think he can definitely be really good. We obviously talked about when he got drafted, he was the the replacement for Shady McCoy. Does a lot of things very similar to him. But the addition of Stephon Diggs, man, I think that's major, major. I mean, you're putting him with John Brown, two very capable receivers, two proven thousand yard receivers mm-hmm. on the same team. That's that's good. That's real good. And obviously, you got Cole Beasley, who's been a successful player, a good player, not a great player, right. but just a good player. He's a nice piece to have in your wide receiver room. And, and, and you need players like yes. him, man. And then we said from a defensive standpoint, I mean, I can go on for days about this defense. For me, man, I think every that, level they got the studs. I think the pickup for me that was well, actually two pickups that I like a lot, man. Mario Addison and Josh Norman. Number one with Josh Norman, everybody remembers when he was in Carolina those last two years, the success that he had. His D.C. was Sean McDermott. When he went to Washington, it was a totally different scheme, a very toxic situation, and I think he definitely suffered from that. But now you're getting him back with McDermott, back in an organization that is going to be run very similar to how they ran things in Carolina. I expect Josh to thrive there, and he's not going to have to be matched with the number one receivers. You know why? Because they got Tredavis White up there. But the second the second addition that I really am excited about is Mario Addison. Anybody that watched him in Carolina saw it, man, from 14 until, what, last year? Mm-hmm. This dude was kicking a lot of butt. Mm-hmm. Can get after the quarterback plays with his hair on fire. So, for me, I think that those two pickups are going to be huge on a, to a, a defense that was already balling out, to a defense that was already stacked. Now, at number eight. You know I got to keep it black and gold, baby, man. Get my Pittsburgh Steelers. Look at us. I mean, how could you not have them in the top ten, man? Let's be real about it. When you're talking about – defense alone, you got to put them in the top ten. Defense alone, they are stacked on all levels. Offensively, offensive line has the talent. Can they get back to form? We're open, so we're banking on that. Receiver, you probably have the most questions there, but at the same time – they probably have the most potential in terms of Deontay Johnson taking that major leap. In terms of a Chase Claypool, in terms of a Juju Smith-Schuster returning to year one and year two form versus what we saw in year three. So when I think about those guys, and that doesn't even include the addition of Eric Ebron, offensively, they have weapons. They have major weapons. Now, I think the biggest reason why I have them at eight and not higher is because some of the the, the uncertainty along with it. You're projecting a lot with Deontay. You're projecting a lot with the Juju right now. So I think that's the only reason why I don't have them higher because these other guys are already proven. Now, at number nine, a team that I was surprised didn't even make your top 12. Uh-oh. The Tennessee Titans. Boy, what are you what are you looking now, at, on. man? I, I only went 11 deep, all right? So how, man, they might you, have been number 12. You, you went 11 deep. You went, uh, All right, technically you went 11 deep. Te- technically. But I don't think you had him at 12 either, so that's why I just said that you wouldn't even have me well, in the top 12. I would have had him 12. ahead of the Seattle Seahawks. That's uh, I definitely – yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Seahawks were a little, a little lower. <laughs> a lot lower. <laughs> but when I look at this Titans def- – I mean, when I look at this Titans team just in general, from an offensive standpoint, the way Tannehill played last year, man, let's be real about it. He was on fire. Now, it's going to be interesting to see, can he do it over a 16-game body of work? But the reason why I'm very excited and I think he can is because when you look at that offense, they're returning a lot. I mean, Derrick Henry's coming back. He's healthy. He's a man. We already know the style of offense they want to play anyways. He fits perfect. It's 
perfect what they're trying to do. A.J. Brown, I'm expecting him better. to be even better because not only did he find a way to produce and get 1,000 yards receiving with the combination of Marcus Mariota and you bringing in Tannehill and letting Tannehill take over midway through the season and how all that whole dynamic worked out, but now you're going to get – Tannehill with A.J. Brown for the full season. I think that helps A.J. Brown in a big way. Corey Davis is another guy I'm extremely high on because he's going to be on an offense that's going to be geared towards helping him, not his first couple years when he was with Mariota and he was essentially just a blocking wide receiver. Like So for me, I'm a little bit higher on him. Taylor Lewan, one of the best left tackles in the mm-hmm. game. And then obviously you got Nate Davis, who I still think can play well when healthy. Now defensively, this is the thing. So Typically, when we talk about defense, we talk about how the front seven is good, <laughs> back seven. I mean, the back guys are question marks. Right. There's the other it's way. Opposite. <laughs> it's opposite. You look at this Which back. Is, you know what? In today's NFL, you can still yeah. win that way. They're, they're secondary men are Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byer, who, I mean, he he gets those, slept those on a all, lot. Those are all beasts. Kevin Byer gets slept on a lot in the secondary, bro. But when you talk about that secondary, that is complete. They they I put them up there with any of the best guys in terms of secondaries out there. Now, their front seven, they got some question marks. Obviously, you bring in Vic Beasley, who's led the league in sacks before, but we haven't seen him consistently produce double-digit sacks. So that's going to be a question mark. Her, uh, Harold Landry the third, I think, can be a really good player, but I think it's still going to take a little bit more time for him. Where it's going to be interesting to see what type of jump he makes in this year. Jeffrey Simpson, uh, Je- excuse me, Jeffrey Simmons is the one I'm most high on because remember he missed time because he was coming off an ACL injury, and when he came back, he still was productive. But now we get to see him from a full standpoint. What does that look like? So for me, I think that their defense is good enough because of their secondary. Now, I concur. Absolutely. And especially when you're looking at the style, like you said, the style of games or the style of offenses that the NFL is now is pass heavy. So I lean more. I would rather have a, a team that is really good in the secondary and just okay in the front seven. You could certainly make that argument. Versus the flip-flop where you got elite front seven, but the back end is kind of suspect. And that's kind of what the Eagles are. I think particularly in that division, too, yeah, oh, where the two teams that they compete with, the Absolutely. Colts and the Texans, really like to throw the ball. Absolutely. So that's why I have the Titans at nine. Now at ten, we're going flip-flopping now. We talk about the Eagles. Their front seven, especially their their pass rushers, oh, they can get after them. Man, they they are nice. Secondary-wise, they definitely made some upgrades, too. I mean, in terms of you bringing in Darius Slay, people will knock Darius Slay and say, well, man, you know, he's not as good right now. Let's be real, man. When you're in a toxic situation, your effort does not match it sometimes because mentally you're not there. You're not where you want to be. And the coaching staff and the organization, it was just – it was a bad situation for Darius. But Darius can ball. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you're talking about. Darius is one of the best man-to-man cover corners that you will find. Top five. No question. Yep. No question. Not debatable. So – I love that. I, I love Darius out there. I also love the pickup of Nikhil Roby Coleman. Another guy, Super Bowl experience, man. Now, he's an interior corner. Think more of your uh, your, your your Cam Suttons. He's more of a Cam Sutton mm-hmm. than a Mike Hilton. He's not a blitzing guy, but he can do that But because he, he's undersized. But very active in coverage, man. Very productive in coverage. So I think that's going to be huge. Now, when we're talking about the offense, though, because, I mean, you hit on a lot of guys on defense. Offensively, man, Carson Wentz is the X factor for me. Is Carson Wentz the Carson Wentz that – well, you know, when people are like, oh, man, he was an MVP running and all this other stuff. Hold on now. Hold on now. Uh-oh, hold uh-oh. on now. Uh-oh. Because maybe I do give Carson Wentz too much credit. I mean, but don't MVP, you say he was MVP, in the MVP running and all that stuff. He was going that? to win the MVP it, 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 until it, week 14. We, we right? don't know that. He, we don't know that. Come on. We don't know that. Come on. We don't know that. Come on. I'm not going there. I am. I'm not. With a team that was 13-1 and one in those numbers that he was putting up, I am. <laughs> hey, you know what they say? 
We'll never know. We will so, never know. <laughs> so, so for argument purposes, hey, I don't want to hint at that, all right? But if he can ball and be on that type of level, then I absolutely think that that offense takes a huge step forward. I mean, Miles Sanders, I think he's he's a you guy that like is very underrated, man. People sleep on him, but, dude, We talked about how, like, ball. by next offseason, people could be considering him a top five back absolutely. in the NFL. He, he's that caliber player, man. He waited behind Saquon Barkley for a long time at Penn State. Oh, he's no question, finally got man. his chance to shine now no question and in the tight end room man i love zach Ersman, what he's been able to do obviously he's a top three tight end depending on how you want to rank him versus kelsey and uh george kittle and then dallas goddard i mean obviously he's been in the, the news for some uh not very <laughs> good things in, in terms of him being on the receiving end of it he was uh but, but he's playing awake. some ufc at a local you know? establishment but he's awake now he's good to go so that that has to be a plus for him but alshon jeffrey he's the x factor for me man because I love the receivers, man. With Deshaun Jackson, when healthy, Deshaun can still ball. I think Jalen Rager can definitely be a good player as well. But Alshon Jeffrey, he's the one. If he's good to go, we know what he can do in terms of taking over. We know how good he can be. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I got to give credit to the offensive line, so I give him a little credit. But more so because of Jason Kelsey and not because of their right tackle, who is a uh, cheater. Mm, that's your boy. Not at all. Yeah, I don't like him either. Yeah. So for me, that's why I have the Eagles at number 10. <laughs> I like it, Arthur. I like it. So the top ten, one more time for you. Yeah, so I have Ravens at one, Chiefs at two, Saints at three, Niners at four, Buccaneers at five, Cowboys at six, the Buffalo Bills at seven, Pittsburgh Steelers at eight, Tennessee Titans at nine, and then your Philadelphia Eagles at ten. So the only difference that we have in our top ten is you have the Titans at nine Uh in terms of the teams. Yes. And I have the Browns at ten. Correct. But other than that, nine of our ten teams are the same. So and now for me, I had the Browns at 11. I was going to say, would you go Browns yeah, 11? Yeah, Browns are 11, Colts are 12. Colts 12. Still haven't gotten to the Seahawks yet. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Russell Wilson. Listen, if it's not for Russell, the Seahawks are trash, bro. Like, Russell is what makes And if that... it's not for Bobby Wagner on that defense. Like... No, like, it's bad. I don't think people realize, like. It's I bad. mean. I'm looking down their roster. Look, 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 you could, most, legitimately, we could argue it's the worst roster in their division right now. Legitimately, you could make that oh, argument. Oh, no question. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, DK now Metcalf. Now the Cardinals have Hopkins. Yeah, I'm like, going to say DK Metcalf, can he continue this on? Can he get better? We're hoping so. But DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, they're not DeAndre Hopkins. Let's be real about it. Okay, then from a running back standpoint, I'm taking Kenyon Drake over Chris Carson right now. Yeah, I agree. Defensively, like I said, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright's still good, but he's not on that level. Think of all the all pro type names that have talents that have left that roster in recent years. I mean, Bruce Irvin is back, but he's not he's not the same. From, no, yeah, no. I mean, Cam Chancellor's man, that's gone. That's W you got too, man. That's my boy. Cam Chancellor's gone. Shout out to my boy Bennett's BJ Finney. Gone. BJ out there, but I'm like, Mike, are you potty? I was with him out in AZ. I mean, he's been dealing with knee issues forever now. I mean, Errol Thomas and his family members, gone. Jeez. Richard Sherman, gone. My dog Cam757 Chancellor, gone. Wasn't Byron Murphy a Seahawk as well, yeah. too? Gone. All them dudes out there together, man. Russell Wilson's still there. That yeah, team, man. Marshawn Lynch, gone. Who else is in That uh, team's uh, still uh, winning games. Who was the other quarter? Uh, Brandon, uh. Oh, yeah. He's locked. Wasn't he? He's locked up. I think right now he oh, is locked oh, up. Oh, actually, no. oh no. Yeah, dude, but he's gone as well. Yes, he is. Woof. Yeah. Oh man. Was yeah. it Brandon? Brandon Brown, right? I think it was his name. Sounds right. Yeah. Brandon something. We'll think about it. But yeah, it's 
Dude, just look at the exodus of talent that the Rock. Brandon uh, Browner, that's it. <laughs> Dude, the exodus of talent from the Seahawks roster over the last four or five years has been insane. And Russell Wilson has kept them in the conversation. It's incredible, but he's never received an MVP vote, Moats. Somehow, some way. Wow. We're gonna, Moats and I are going to start that. Russell Wilson, at least give him an MVP vote this whoa, season, whoa, all right? Whoa, whoa, at least whoa, one. Oh, we, we can't do that for, for Russ if we're not going to do it for Ben. <laughs> That's true. Staying there. That's true. Can we get these guys like the like the Kobe MVP award? Mm. Where like they probably shouldn't have won it that year, but like but everyone looked back and was like, How does this guy not have one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Arthur Motes, what? We've got a hundred minutes in the books here so far, so that can only mean one thing. When we come back, our last segment, we will get to all of your reactions. So all those things we said about Cam Newton in the AFC, Uh-oh. all this roster debating, it is all on the board. Speak now or hold your peace until Thursday because we're off the next two days. Last chance to get those tweets in for what, like 70 hours here yeah. or so at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap with your reaction next. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Time to get to the tweets to wrap up the show here as we always do on a Monday. Arthur Motes, let's get right into it here. A lot to parse through in my mentions today. Mm-mm-mm. Michael says, Cam Newton to the Patriots makes me sick. I live in Carolina. I was hoping the Patriots would just go away. <laughs> I do feel bad for Jared Stidham, though. Hey, poor Jared Stidham. I don't feel bad. This is a great situation for Jared. He's saving him from himself. <laughs> That's true, because sometimes Arthur Motes, um, you know, I think of the old adage, right? I had a, I had a, a teacher that used to always repeat the the – you know, I don't know if it's like a parable, but the, the line that it's better to keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. and have doubt about how smart you may be than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Like, you know, that line that absolutely, I'm talking about. Absolutely. Maybe man. for Stidham, uh, the unknown is better than the known. Hey, man, you would much rather they be like, yo, man, Jerry can really lead this team, man. He can ball and just leave it at that versus us knowing what can really happen if he gets out there, man. Steven says, I can't wait for the NFL season in terms of entertainment. Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Let's go Steelers in all caps. It's going to be an interesting quarterback year. Oh, with that. I mean, a lot of big names there that Steven mentioned. It's a make or break year for Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, a lot of those guys, Motsi. There's a, a lot of quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see what Joe Burrow looks like with a, a lack of an offseason with that Bengals he ain't team. And thrown right into the fire. Right. Jeez. Does anything happen with Colin Kaepernick before this or once the season starts? Like there is a lot of quarterback centric storylines. Of course, Josh Allen, does he get any better to to follow this year? And that'll be a lot of fun. What does Deshaun Watson look like without Hopkins there now? A lot of quarter mm. can Kyler Murray take that next step? Mm. A lot of quarterback storylines in the NFL in 2020 and onward here too um 
TC says Motsi's very close to having to turn in his Steelers card again, talking up the rap birds, then the Cheetriots. Now Tom Brady, he's killing me. <laughs> and he says anybody that watched Tom Brady last season can clearly see Father Time is starting to beat him down. Oh, I don't know, Motsi. I don't know. Hey, man. Sometimes it's wishful thinking. Sometimes we just, <laughs> if we keep seeing it, we hope it's going to happen. I think I can. I think I it's can. It's going to happen. This is the one. There's no place like home. This is the year. <laughs> okay. Thrash says, me without the next sh- the show the next two days, I'm going to be all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if, if, you missed, if you missed it, yes, Moats and I are off the next two days, but we'll be back Thursday, knuckleheads. So we'll, we'll still send you into the holiday weekend off right here. Um, Don Juan, I'm not worried about the Cam Newton signing with the Patriots. I still think the Steelers, Bills, Ravens are going to be tougher in the AFC with their defenses. Uh, yeah, but I tell you what, it certainly makes the Patriots. I don't think anybody was really looking at them as a real threat. Like and I don't now think anybody. I don't think anybody thought that they were going to fall off the face of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Fall off a cliff. But I don't know if uh, anybody was looking at them as a real threat. Now, if Cam Newton is healthy. I think they're at least in that conversation, certainly. Gregory, our buddy from across the coast in California, Motes, wants to know who's going to win the NBA Finals this year. Lakers! If we have the NBA Finals this year. LeBron James. I think the Lakers are going to be a favorite. I think the Clips are going to be a favorite. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. Rebecca the Lit One says she can't wait for the press conferences and then with a picture of Cam Newton and one of his – Famous get up gears. I mean, come on, man. You got to respect the attire, bro. He dressed with the best of them, baby. And now, Arthur Motes, I know we got some more tweets here. I'm trying to wade through all these stoolies to find them. I'm going to say, yeah, man. You're you're stoolie, man. They're a little upset with you today. Uh, Gunner Brock says here, uh, why? Oh, he's talking about rosters and the Bengals and how they were one of the. Worst teams in the league last year. It's just hard to kind of pin them down right now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. That's one of those, the Bengals, you know, big, you can talk about quarterback storylines. What's that look like? How does that all play out? Oh, Arthur Motes. Let's see here. I I think that's it from the Steelers fans on the the (laughs) Twitter.com. I think that's all that I got here, Arthur Motes. That'll do it for today's show. We appreciate it to everybody who chimed in, obviously. Again, uh, no show tomorrow or Wednesday. You'll hear replays. We'll be a little, uh, little greatest hits of Euler and Motes mm-hmm. here the next two days, Arthur Motes. But we will be back on Thursday for a little three-question Thursday, and we'll send you into the, the July 4th holiday weekend correctly. So we'll talk to you. But not, not, uh, it'll be the same time on yeah. Thursday. Just, just wait on it. Just wait on it. As always, high noon, and you know where to find us on your 24 7 home of the black and gold, Steeler Nation Radio.